campus app. We've been talking this morning about the tricks and the, I guess, the trade of the devil. And it's unusual because the fact that we should all be kind of knowing what he's doing, but sometimes we get deceived. So what the Lord has done for us this morning, he, he gave us a, 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 a sermon called Avoid the Deception, which is kind of strange, Isaiah, because we didn't, we weren't supposed to talk about that in Sabbath school. But he said, avoid the deception, because everything he is is deception. Let's, let's start, if we would, in the book of Revelation, chapter 12. We need to understand something. That, see, we think the devil is one the one-trick pony. He's not. So if you got deceived on one point, just understand his very nature is deception. His name is deceit. He is, that's all, everything he is is a deception. And when we go get up under him, we are deceived. So in Revelation 12, chapter 9, I mean, 12, chapter 12, in verse 9, the Lord says, he was talking about this war that was in heaven. That this deceiver was kicked out of heaven because he had done some deception in heaven. And in verse 9 he says, and the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil of Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. So we see one of the great characteristics of the devil and Satan is what? He deceives the whole world. Now, if God says he deceives the whole world, does he mean the whole world? Yes. Are we in this world? Yes. So have we been deceived? Now, the, 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 what we're going to find out is how we're going to stop being deceived by who? By this enemy. Amen? Amen. And we've got to understand this. He fell to the earth. His sophistry was so good that he fooled angels. And we are made a little lower than the angels. So what chance do we have against his great deception? It's called Slim and None, and Slim just left town. We have no chance outside of Christ. Amen? Amen? So when we try to fight the deceiver, or try to what, what's called decipher the deceiver, we will lose every time because we aren't on that level yet, are we? But Christ is. And this is why we need him. And, it, it, and Christ was talking uh, to the church members of uh, the church hierarchy in the book of John, chapter uh, 8. Let's go to John chapter 8. And he started to describe this deceiver and what he does. And so we would we would be more able to come closer to God and be able to discern. Because we are in desperate need of discerning right now. Even when we talked about music this morning. We're in desperate need of being able to discern the good from the evil. When we talk about church, we need to be able to discern the good from the evil. When we talk about anything, we need to be able to discern that. And he was talking uh, to the church hierarchy and he, he said something very interesting to him. He didn't say, Happy Sabbath, you good, nice people. He said in the verse 44 of chapter 8 of John, he said, Ye are of your father, the devil. How do you think that would go over if you walked into a church this morning or tomorrow morning and you stood up and made that declaration? How do you think that would happen? That would be wrong, wouldn't it? You guys would be escorted quite swiftly out of the building. But he said, Ye are of your father, the devil, and the lust of your father, he will do. See, Satan lusted after a position of glory. He said, and this is what was wrong with the church. They wanted a position of glory. 
And so he says, he was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth because there is no truth in him. Amen? Amen. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. So let us never be deceived about anything the devil does. He is a murderer, a deceiver, and a liar. Whether it, any system that he has developed on this earth is a lying, killing, deceiving system. Any religion that he has developed on this earth, it's a lying, stealing, and killing uh, 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 religion. Whether it be an industry, whatever it is, it thrives on deception. Secret societies thrive on what? Deception. That's why it's secret. I'm going to shake your hand this way. I'm going to bump your elbow. I'm going to stand this way. I'm not going to tell everybody. I'm going to talk to you in riddles. Not parables, riddles. This is what Satan does. Everything he does is caught up in deception. If we understand that, we might be able to stop sympathizing with it. Who would, would you say, now pay attention to what I'm saying. I'm not saying government. Thank God for government, amen? Without the government, it'd be a mess. You would have a wild west more than you got right now. So God says, I established government. I established these things to keep the heathen in line. And, and but who do you think is running the government in the United States? The power of God? Because they're making some interesting decisions. What about the systems that have been put in place, the programs that have been put in place from the government? Who is inspiring these programs? The enemy of souls, the deceiver. So when the government says, here, don't ever be deceived that this is for your betterment or for your kids. Oh, here, we want to help you. They have programs for children. No child left behind. You really believe that that system is put in place to help your child? If you do, do this. Wake up. There's something is real wrong with you. What about the new educational system that has been put in place? How many of your people that you know are benefiting from it? The people who benefit from the education system are the people who make money off of it. The teachers can't stand it. The students aren't learning. What, what, so what's the point? It's a deceptive system. Forget this. Industry. If, the, if, if there is a God is not running the industry, then who runs it? What about, what about your movie industry? It's, this whole design is deception. Amen? What about the music industry? It, it, if it's inspired or if it's run and put together by the enemy, it's designed to kill and to deceive. So we need to understand that this is the type of battle we're in in everything. Who's running the food industry? You think Jesus came up with GMOs? You think Jesus came up with Flint, Michigan's water? You would think they would have fixed that by now, wouldn't you? What else? Everything that is not of God is of this deceit. you got to remember that. Go to Proverbs, if you would. Here's just a quick example about the deception. About when you fall for the deception, when you, when, you, when, you, when you get caught up in it, things happen to you. And the things that happen to you are always uh, ends in death if you keep on with it. Now, there was, you know, when people say, well, Jesus turned water into wine. Did he do that? 
then we automatically went to what? What wine was. We think wine is what we think wine is. You know, we think of the fermented uh, variety, though. We think of the, uh, I don't know, I don't even know the brands of wine, so y'all just bear with me. I know you got red and you got white. You used to have white and different deal. You used to have this. You have, all, you have these things. They said, well, Jesus drank wine. We can drink wine. Okay? Well, let's go to Proverbs. See, this is what the deception is. Wine is a deceiver. Okay? And anybody who ever had too much of it will testify of that. And we're in Proverbs 23. And he gives us some instructions about this wine. He says, Pro Proverbs 23. We'll start at verse 31. Proverbs 23, let's begin at verse 31. Look not thou upon the wine when it is red, when it giveth its color in the cup, when it moveth itself aright. Now anybody who came from the country, and my grandmama or somebody used to make wine, they used to put it under the bed in these mason jars, and all of a sudden the little night here, pop, 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 because the, fort, the fermentation was happening, it was blowing the tops off. And, and when, it, when it happens, those, those alcohol that starts to form, it starts moving to the right. He said, when that starts happening, it's called fermented wine. And this is what happens when you consume fermented wine. At the last, it biteth like a serpent, and stingeth like an adder. Thine eyes shall behold what? Strange women, and thy heart shall utter perverse things. Is that not true? Mm -hmm. Now who runs the alcohol or the wine in this? Say I can tell you that because have you ever seen an alcohol commercial? You ever you know, beer commercial or you know tequila commercial? What's the point of the commercial? It's to get you to want this stuff because the people look so cool or the people are half naked. Okay? So that is a deceiving industry. So know that he is trying to deceive you by getting you to buy something that is a deceiving, uh, has a deceiving influence upon you. And even in the, 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 the sanctuary of God, back in Leviticus, it caused some people to lose their lives. Now let's look at Leviticus chapter 10. See, this is why we have to be wanted at all times. It doesn't matter what position that you hold. He said in Leviticus chapter 10, we're going to get in verse 1. What we're talking about is avoiding, avoiding the deception. And we got to avoid the thing that put us in a position to be deceived. Amen? What do you think drugs are for? And I'm not just talking about the, the legal drugs. Legal drugs cause you to do certain things. Illegal drugs cause you to do certain things. Both of them are deceptive. When you take an aspirin for pain, did you fix the problem? But you've been deceived into thinking everything is okay. What about when you when you smoke? Alright, I don't see this. Uh, let's say you use uh, street drugs. That's a good way to put that in. <laughs> street drugs, thank you, Vince. Uh, what does it do to you? It puts you in a mindset that you're more readily deceived by things. And we proved this in Leviticus chapter 10 when these brothers did something they wasn't supposed to do, they knew better, but they were under the influence. You ever heard that? That's why when you get pulled over, it's called driving under the influence. But we think it's the influence of alcohol. We think it's of the influence of, 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 of drugs. It's the influence of that spirit. Can we say amen? amen. Leviticus chapter 10. Beginning at verse 1, And Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, took either of them his censer, 
and put fire therein, and put incense thereon, and offered strange fire before the Lord. See, that's what their job was. They were to offer the fire, the incense, in the sanctuary. This is what their job. They were the sons of Aaron. These were Levites. But they offered a strange fire because they didn't do it exactly like they were supposed to do. And in verse 2, I mean, I'm sorry, strange, uh, I offered strange fire before the Lord, which he commanded them not. And then went out of out fire from the Lord and devoured them, and they died before the Lord. Okay? That's the end of the thing. Remember we talked about what the saint's plan was? He was going to deceive, you were murdered, he's going to lie to you so he can murder you. These guys were killed because they were under the influence. Go down to verse 8. And the Lord spake unto Aaron, saying, Do not what? Drink wine, nor strong drink. Because this is what happens to his two sons. And the reason, if they don't drink uh, wine or strong drink, thou or thy sons with thee, when you go into the tabernacle of the congregation, these ye die. It shall be a statute forever uh, throughout your generations that ye and that throughout your generations. Now, the purpose of the, the deception was to make sure they didn't do what God would have them to do. So the purpose of the deception in our life is the same thing. But that's, that's what happens when they when they had this wine, uh, they lost the ability to do something. And verse 11, it teaches us this. It says, and that ye may teach the children of Israel, I'm sorry, verse 10, and that ye may put difference between holy and unholy, and between unclean and clean. When you are under the influence, you cannot determine the difference between clean and unclean. You can't determine that there is a difference between these two. And that's why Satan tries to deceive us and to be under his deception so we can't what's right and what's wrong. He said in verse 11, and that ye may teach the children of Israel all the statutes which the Lord has spoken unto them by the hand of Moses. See, what happened there was this, that their job was to represent the righteousness of Christ. So when we step out of line by falling for the deception, the people behind us, the children, the generations to come doesn't get taught what they need to be taught. And so when we go for the deception, they're deceived as well. You see how important that is? Between the third and the fourth generation of them that hate me. He said, I need you as a people to stop putting yourselves under the delusion or the deception of Satan. Amen? And doing those things that, that put us in those particular situations. What about the news industry? Who owns the news industry? Oh, that's it is it's amazing what they put out there. People just okay, that must be true. Uh, what's the big thing now? Uh, uh, the Earth is flat. That's a new movement. Flat Earth. Flat. Flat. The Earth is flat. I've been in an airplane. I'm sorry. Uh, I've been in a, a hundred four stories in, in the air. All I see is this. It's the curvature. I mean, but but if you put it on the news enough, what happens? People believe it. Must be true. I heard the news people tell me that. And none of us are paying enough attention to anything they're saying. We just pick it up and keep moving. Pick it up and keep moving. And they said, entertainment, governmental programs, all this stuff is all run by the deceit. Don't get caught in it. Don't believe in it. 
don't believe if 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 you if you got home today and there was a newscast that said President Obama flew across Canada without a plane. Okay? And they showed it to you. You know, who 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 how many people believe that? The vast majority of Earth would say, man, dude, you're flying too. have been so deceived, we just believe anything without investigating. I saw something yesterday that was just incredible to me. And I don't, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, or, you know, I don't want anybody to get into their feelings. But, you know that thing in Orlando that happened a couple weeks ago? When I looked at it, I just couldn't believe how fake it was. It was just amazing to me. I'm like, that didn't make sense. And I, I, I'm not, I wasn't looking for it. I mean, I'm not, you know, I, I ain't got time for being a YouTube investigator. But it was just incredible. I know enough about video and how light works and what light shadows supposed to look like. And I know what a green screen looks like. And I, I'm like, this guy just said he got shot in the head with a assault rifle and this team have a bandage on. If I shot you with a BB gun, you believe that a band-aid. So, but that's part of the deception. You have to look and find out why things are being done because it's all spiritual. Why things are being done? Why are they saying this? Why are they positioning this? Then, when you're not deceived, you're able to see it so God can put you in the position He wants you in. Amen? He wants you to believe Him. He wants you to understand Him. He wants you to be able to follow Him. And he wants you to be able to hear Him. But if we're under the deception, we can do none of those things. Amen? Amen. Who borrows for the deception of Satan? Let's go to Revelation. Let's go to Revelation. Back to Revelation chapter 13 this time. Who falls for these things? Because when you see God and you know God, you're like, how stupid can you be? We all are. But in Revelation 13, he tells us who falls for. Revelation 13, and we start at verse 8. Revelation 13, and let's begin at verse 8. And he says, And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him. See? It's not just about being deceived. It's about what position deception puts you in. It puts you in a worship, a worship position. He said the whole world is going to worship him, whose names are not written with in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. He said, if any man have an ear, let it be. Now, that is the majority of the people on the planet. You all have your names written in the land book a lot, don't you? Say what it's coming Amen. 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 You have your names written there, but your name is doing some strange things in that book. Because you can fall out of that book. But he said, Everybody who doesn't believe in, 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 the, in, in the lamb slain for the foundation of the earth are already deceived. Okay? You got that? Okay. He said, any man have, a, have an ear, let him hear. So the only chance that we have is to stay connected to the lamb. Stay connected to his spirit and stay connected to his way. And the only way you can stay connected, brothers and sisters, if you stay in a position of submission. Every time we get out of the submission position, Guess what happens to us? We get deceived. 
we get on enchanted ground that we we can't handle the the, the, the sophistry and the, the, the mesmerizing influence of the devil. We must always do something we talked about Wednesday night. We must always walk in the spirit. Always. In everything we do. It doesn't matter if you're on a basketball court. It doesn't matter if you're in the kitchen. It doesn't matter if you're in school. It doesn't matter if you're at home. You need to walk in the spirit. And how do we, we want to raise night? We walk in the spirit by obeying him, by understanding what he would have us to do and let the spirit be in us. So we may walk in it. Is that right? But without that spirit, we are under, and we will fall under the deception of, 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 of the devil. What are wrong with if you would? We're trying to find out who, who gets to see. And every time we get to be one of these who's, we get to see. Amen? Amen. Romans chapter 3. We're going to try to get y'all out of here. I know it's cool. I tell you what, it ain't hot as it is up here. <laughs> so Romans chapter 3. We'll begin at verse 12. Romans chapter 3, let's begin at verse 12. And he starts talking about a people who are deceived, who have fallen under the deception of the enemy. He said, they are all gone out of the way. Now what way are they gone out of? The way of Christ, right? They are all, they are together become uncomfortable. There is none that doeth good. No, not one. So when we get outside of submission to Christ, we are one of these individuals. No, not one. And it can happen just like that. As soon as we leave the Spirit of God, we are all automatically in the other camp. Have you ever had something happen just like that? And you, and you, you find out, you say, oh Lord, sorry, and you, you, you get to go back home. You go back to where you're supposed to be. That's how powerful it is if we have to rely on our own righteousness and our own ability, we need to submit to him. And that's the only way we'll be able to not be victimized by the deception. He said in verse 10, their throat is an open sepulchre. With their tongues, they have used deceit. Now, when you find somebody deceiving somebody, who is their inspiration? Right. Say, the deceiver, right? If you ever deceived somebody, who is inspiring you? Now, you know what? Deception is not just lying. Deception is telling a half-truth. Or positioning the, the, your portion of the truth to make you look okay. Don't, children are masters of this. They never tell you the whole story. The lamp broke. Yep. And then I was walking in the house, and it, I was walking, and I walked by, and it just fell down. That's not the whole truth. Two things were true. They were walking. It failed. That's deception. Why? Because they didn't want the consequence of doing the, the consequence that would come with doing the things you told them not to do. We as adults need to quit that. We need to stop positioning our conversations to make us look righteous and someone else look unrighteous. Remember that God says we should edify one another. We have to be a people who stop trying to be recognized as holy. Does that make sense? We need to be the people who are holy. Who go and do the things God asks us to do. To, to elevate above that foolishness. 
it's not a competition. Saints should never be in competition one with another. We should be holding each other up. If one person is down, we should all be down trying to lift them up. If somebody is up, we should all be saying, man, I'm sure glad you up. How's it up there? Instead of, man, it's going to come down here with us. Memphis is full of that. We are, what's it called? Crabs in a barrel. I'm not sure St. Louis probably has a few crabs. I'm sure San Antonio has a few crabs. I'm sure West Tennessee has it. I know West Tennessee has it. And I know reform movement has it. Because, man, we're the most awful people on the face of the earth. Okay. <laughs> Let's read verse 14. Let's finish. Let's 13. He said, with their tongues they use to see the poison of ass under their lips. Whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness? Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their way. And the way of peace have they not known. Now here is the conclusion of this. We see what they are doing, but the conclusion is found in verse 18. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Herein is the issue. There's no fear of God. If you didn't have a fear of God, would you feel what? What's that? You said I didn't do whatever. There's no consequence. And that's, that's what we're living in today. We're living in a generation where there's no fear of God before their eyes. No one cares what God's going to think. No one cares what, what God's going to say. They don't even care about God. That's why people get murdered every day. In this city, somebody else got shot. I mean, because no, the only thing that is being feared now is the police. And that's iffy. Because they figure they can get away with it. Nobody fears God anymore. And when you're living in a nation where no one fears God, you are under the influence and you are caught to fall under the deception of Satan. And we know Satan's end was endgame is death. Is this what's happening in America today? Everybody is doing what? Dying. One way or the other. When we lose the fear of God, we lose the only thing. And I mean the only thing that can detect the good from the evil. That's the only thing. Remember, we talked about Aaron's sons. They lost the capability of knowing the clean and the unclean. Why? Because they were under the deception or the influence of something that opened them up to the deceit. Nehemiah. Go to Nehemiah, if you will. See, we need the ear of God. And the only way we get it is if we keep the fear of God before us. See, we love God. We know what the fear of God is, don't we? The fear of God is beginning of wisdom. The fear of God is to respect. The fear of God is to submit. The fear of God is to, 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 to follow His way. We respect God. And we respect His way so much, we give up our way for His way. That's why I said, when you don't have that fear, you'll do anything. Before you met the Lord, did you do everything and anything? Amen. Because there was no reference. You didn't care. Let me give you a help tip, younger people. Um, you might want to slow down. Because right now, there is no fear of old age. There's no fear of pain in old age. There's no fear that, oh, my ankle's going to hurt for absolutely no reason. There's no fear of that. But guess what? When you get older and you wake up. See, right now, let's say Jay, Jay wakes up and his shoulder hurts. He's out of his shoulder. Right, check it out. You get to be 50, your shoulder hurts. Oh, Lord, am I having a heart attack? What's going on with you? So, because there's a different 
right. Because you're like, this could possibly be something that's important. Well, that's what happens to us in the Lord. He said, when you were outside of me, you didn't care. Everything was okay. Jump off a moon, do this. Steal from somebody, rob somebody. You know, it didn't matter. But once you met the Lord, you know that that ain't right. And so we got to keep the fear of God in front of us. That will help us in this fight we have against the deceit. Now, now, Nehemiah, his project was to do what? Restore and rebuild Jerusalem. He had to be connected with God. Because just because you make a statement that you're going to do something, it doesn't automatically happen. You must be maintaining a relationship with God throughout the process. And so he had found himself in a particular situation. You remember our favorite character in the Bible called Sandalus? You know, him and his boys got together and they were going to try to, 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 to uh, make sure that this project didn't get complete. But he had been to a conversation with him already. And he said, look, man, I, I'm busy. I can't come down because God was telling him these men meant the project no good. Now, in verse 6, I mean, chapter 6 of Nehemiah, chapter 6 of Nehemiah, I'm going to begin in verse 10 chapter 6 of Nehemiah, and this is why we need to be connected so we can see things like they are, so we can act upon the things that are real and not the things that are not, or have been presented to us. It's Nehemiah chapter 6 in verse 10. He said, Afterward I came to the house of Shemiah, the son of Delaiah, the son of Nehotebeth, uh, who was shut up, and he said, Let us meet together in the house of God. Now think about that. Doesn't that sound like a good idea? These brothers came and said, let us meet in the house of God. Now who would say no to that? But let's keep reading. Let us meet in the house of God, within the temple. And let us shut the doors of the temple. For they will come to slay thee. See, Nehemiah knew there was a contract out there. But this guy was coming telling them, man, we go to the temple and close the doors. Nobody can get to you. Now let's keep reading. He said, within the temple, let us shut the doors of the temple, for they will come to slay thee. Yea, in the night, they will come to slay thee. You know, if somebody told you something like that, you would think going to the temple would be a good idea. Because you think the temple is safe. The temple is a place where no one gets hurt. Verse 11. And I said, this is Nehemiah, said, such a man as I flee. First of all, I'm not afraid. Nehemiah was afraid of anybody. He said, God sent me on this this particular project. I'm not afraid of you. Why am I going to run from somebody? And who is there that being as I am would go into the temple to save his life? I will not go in. Verse 12 says, and lo, I what? I perceive that God had not sent him. How did he perceive that God had sent this man? He was connected with submission. He was connected to his God, so he was not under the influence of Satan's trick. He saw that man coming a mile, a mile away. Remember that old expression? I saw that coming a mile away. That was a deception that was coming. He said, man, that's a weak deception. I see that coming a mile away. Don't bring that to me. He said, but God showed him that. He said, I perceive that God had not sent him, but that he pronounced this prophecy against me. He said, the guy who was telling me to lock myself up was the one that was supposed to kill me. How did he know that but by being connected? And this is how serious this is for us. 
we must maintain a spiritual connection to the one that can tell you these things. It's because a man tells you to go to church. It's because we don't have a church meeting. It doesn't mean everybody there is church-like. He said, but that he pronounced this prophecy against me, for Tobiah and Sembalat had hired him. Verse 13, therefore was he hired, that I should be afraid, and do so, and sin, and that they might have matter of an evil report, that they might reproach me. See, God will tell his people what's going on. Do you know what's going on in this world today? If you're with God, you know exactly what's happening. And the biggest thing we preach is always stay connected. Stay with him, because he's the only one that can tell you what's going on. We'll get fooled by somebody's smooth talk. We'll get fooled by somebody's religious talk. We get fooled by somebody's building. We get fooled by somebody's background. He said, I don't need my people fooled by anybody, so I need you to stay connected with me. Amen? Now, now go to Zephaniah. Zephaniah. We're going to wrap up here just a second. Zephaniah chapter 3. There's an element about this deception. There's an element about this deception that we need to address before we leave. There's an element about deception. There's a byproduct of deception. This is really actually what he wants to happen. He said, in verse Zephaniah chapter 3, let's read verse 13. He said, the remnant of Israel, that is you, shall not do it if it nor speak lies. Neither shall a deceitful tongue be found in their mouth. For they shall feed and lie down, and none shall make them what? Pray. He said, when we are connected, when we're this remnant of Israel, when we, when we are not speaking deceitful language, when we're not doing iniquity, we're not telling lies, he said, you'll be able to lie down and not be afraid, because fear is the key. Remember God said, I need you to fear me. The devil says, I'm going to counterfeit this. I need you to fear me. And when we are not afraid, we can stand and, 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 and under, not understand, but understand the word of God. When we, when we get afraid, we start believing in for that power that's making us afraid. Can we say amen to that? When that fear, when somebody comes and hammer comes down, and you're afraid of it, you'll start doing whatever that hammer tells you to do. Now, what would God say? Faith wants his deceptions to produce fear in your heart. And when fear enters into your heart, you separate yourself from the only thing that can help you at that hour. Now, almost all major events in history have used this particular tactic. I remember preaching on this just six or seven years ago. It's called the, the Helgelian dialectic. Anybody heard of that? Uh, it is it is a process that they have been using forever and ever, basically. And it's called problem, reaction, solution. Okay? I'm going to read you how the devil, the devil does it. He put this in place, especially in America, a couple of centuries ago. Every war you've ever been in is based in this particular dialectic. Every situation that you see on television is based in this dialectic. They, they have something they want to do knowing at this point, you won't let that happen. So all they have to do is make you afraid enough to ask for what they wanted you to do in the first place. They said, he said, 
if they manufacture a crisis or take advantage of a crisis that already exists in order to get the desired reaction of public outcry whereby the public demands a solution which has been predetermined from the beginning. Now, isn't that slick? That's like I'm saying, I want you to uh, vote for gun laws. I want all American citizens to give up their guns. Okay? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not pro or anti, I'm not even on gun, so I'm not on that trip. I guess this is an example. Uh, if I want you to give up your gun, and I know the public will not give up their gun, I must come up with some type of activity that will make you ask for that. So what do I do? I start in the middle of the country, and I put this 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 this, this masterful uh, uh, false flag together where people supposedly die, and they died because of assault rifles. Okay. Well, I start with that. Then I start going to children. Children were killed by assault rifles. Okay. Now everybody's saying, oh man, assault rifles are terrible. Now look, I'm not pro-assault or con-assault, so it's not what this is about. This is just explaining this particular dialectic. And, and so now I go to black people in a church who get killed by what? A rifle, assault rifle. Then I go to somewhere down in Orlando where the homosexual community gets killed by what? So now the whole nation is saying what? Man, and that was what they wanted you to do all the time. That's called the dialectic, the dialectic. They've been doing it since forever in America. Why, why did we go into, why did they tell you that we went into World War II? Come on, history people. I know y'all studied history in high school. And I think they still study oh, World War II in high school. Pearl Harbor. America did not want to go to war. The powers that be needed America to go to war because there's a lot of money in war. Yeah. And so they said, well, how can we get America bad enough to go fight all the way across the ocean in some land that we don't even care about? What did they do? They came up with a, with a problem. Okay, Japan, December 7th, Bill here. Boom, all oh, gotta go to war. Did it work? What they wanted you to do is go to war. He said, I'm no, no, no. So they, they develop a problem and make you want what they want. That's Satan's program. Okay? That's why we can't fear. Every time he puts these programs together, our response is out of fear. Oh no, this is terrible. Oh no, we gotta do something. Oh no, we're afraid. He said, if you stay out of the realm of fear, you'll be able to see clearly what is really going on. Why does he want us to pray? He wants to steal something. We're going to close with this. Revelation 21. He wants to steal something. Because his days are numbered, aren't they? Thank God they're numbered. But he said, you know what? I want all of y'all to suffer the same thing. I'm going to suffer. Because I know my enemy, Jesus, loves you. I can't get Jesus. I tried to get him. But I'm going to get all the ones he loves. And here we are. He's trying to steal this from you. This is a promise God made to you. Revelation chapter 21. We'll start at verse 2. He says, And I, child, saw the holy city. 
Do you know that's what you're supposed to do? You, you, that's your future residence. But if you don't fall for the deception, here is your future residence. He said, I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. This is why he's doing all of this, to steal this from you. Why are we letting him take our, our place in glory? Why are we letting him take our happiness from us? We ought to know him by now. But the problem is, we leave the protection of submission and go into our own self-serving practices. Therefore, we are calling that deception. Verse 4 said, And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. Don't we want to see that? Don't we want to be a part of that? Yeah. But the devil is trying to deceive us into missing this. Yeah. And he says, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow, nor crying, neither shall be any more pain for the former things, or what? Pass away. He said, he's trying to keep us from getting here. This is where God is trying to get us. But deception is in the midst of us, of us being able to, to, to see clearly, to discern the good from the evil, from the clean and the unclean. And if we get out of the world of deception and come back to Christ, we'll have this as a reward. And verse 8 says, but the fearful and unbelieving. So you see why it's important for him to make us afraid? He said the fearful and unbelieving. And when you are fearful and you don't believe, you will be abominable. You will murder. You will be a whoremonger. You will be a sorcerer. And you will be an idolater. And what? You will be a liar because he's the father of it. And all of those people we just described shall have their part in the lake, which burns with fire and brimstone which is the second death, which is the death that's automatically given to Satan. He's trying to take us there. We have to stand for God now and not let him take our birthright away, not let him take our future away. What we have to do is stand for the right, go to heaven for Can we do that? And the only way to stand that way is to stand with God. The only way to, to not be deceived is to stand with God. we got to stop falling for the tricks of Satan. Because they're so simple, but we're simple-minded. Oh, we can do that. It's all right. God understands. That's a deception. We can break the law. It's all right. God understands. How many people broken the law this week? I'm talking about the civil law. Listen, put on your cameras. Don't worry about it. People speed. How many people went over the speed limit? Okay. Now, the more you drive over the speed limit, the chances go up that you get caught. Now, this, the problem is, if we don't get caught, where's the incentive to stop? Something tragic has to happen for us to stop. And they try to put these things in place called tickets. When you pay a $250 ticket, that's supposed to be a deterrent. Supposed to be. Has it been? Yes. I just paid a ticket. I just paid another ticket. I know people who save money for tickets because they know they're going to get one. Isn't that just stupid? Well, you know, I, I'm just not going to pay a lot. I'm just going to do what I want to do. I'm going to have me a little shoebox full of my ticket money. We act like that with God. When you say in Ecclesiastes, just because execution or sentence doesn't occur immediately, 
after you sin and fully set the part of man to do evil. But God says, I need you to understand, don't be deceived by you didn't get caught. Because you didn't get caught. Who's the one that can catch you? God is everywhere. At all times. So whatever you're doing, guess who's there with you? Somebody writing that thing down. God didn't do anything about it this time, so it must be okay. Anybody said that before? Okay, if you didn't say it, you act like it. <laughs> I eat this big old barbecue sandwich. I didn't drop dead. <laughs> yeah, but I'm going to eat another. Then you get to be 35 and all of a sudden I got, I got high bread. I got, I got sugar. I got that sugar. No one ought to have sugar. And you all should. <laughs> Amen? You all shouldn't have pressure problems. Amen. Stress is a killer. Everybody in this room under stress. Amen. Stress kills people faster than cigarettes. Amen. Why we got stress? It's falling for the deception. We think that if it don't happen this way, it can't happen. Lord, if I don't have this job, I'm going to stop. Oh, like the job is in charge of you. Please understand this. It is not your job. Amen. Okay? If you don't believe that your job is not your job, somebody had your job before you got there. Amen. How are they going to take your job from you if it's your job? He said, Sister Donna, you fired. Obviously, it wasn't your job. They can't fire you from you, can they? Amen. So we have to stop being under deception of stress, too. That deception is killing us. Understand who God is. God is our maker. God is our designer. God is our caretaker. God is our shepherd. He is all of that if we would just submit and believe him. So don't get caught in the deception, all right? It's nothing in your life. Are we okay? All right. Y'all hung in there. Amen. And next week it'll be a little cooler by God's grace. And I don't mean outside. We're going to see if we can work on this. But we thank God for even a place to gather today. Amen. And it's wonderful to see everybody's face. And everybody showed up. I think probably some of them showed up just to see, what in the world are they doing now? <laughs> but uh, God has blessed us. And I pray that you will come again. And if this is where we can be, it's where we're going to be for a little while. And if not, we'll be somewhere else. But I always understand that God is in control of this all. And God is making a turn. And we keep saying this on the prayer line. God is turning his feet. What you must understand is that the paradigm has shifted. As it relates to what your relationship and what the relationship of the world with God. We have to get where he wants us to be so we can be the most benefit to others. And so what God is doing is what he does. He does things that we don't understand. And we thank God we don't understand. We should just say, amen, thank you, Lord, where we go. Amen. Thank can you we say that? Where we go. <laughs> Let's have a word of prayer. Father and our God, once again, Lord, we thank you so much, Lord, for clearing this up, for clearing our minds, Lord, for clearing our thoughts, Lord, for clearing our hearts, Lord, to understand that this great deceiver has had rule over us only because we will not submit to your way. Father, forgive us for that. Forgive us, Lord, and give us strength, Lord, to hold fast to you, Lord, not to be under the deception or delusions of Satan any longer. Lord, let us not participate in activities, Father, that cause us to be deceived. 
Lord, give us strength. Help us, Lord. Help us to overcome. Help us to stand for you. Help us to be a help, Lord. Father, we ask that you would bless us in this day. That you would make us a people that can show the world who the living God truly is. That you would make a people that can be kings and priests. That you would make us, Father, this people, Lord, that will bow down and worship only the truth and living God. Thank you again for this opportunity. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to tune us in today. We pray that you've been blessed by the word. If you would like more of these sermons, please check us out on our YouTube page, download our podcast, and like and share us on Facebook and Twitter. May God bless you today and forevermore.